You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode 469 of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in the city beautiful Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in the city beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in the city beautiful Holyoke, Massachusetts. Guys, I am ready for a nice episode tonight. You know, Spencer, I want to have a nice episode, but I got a surprise for Tim. Tim, I am Uh in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but I did just before taping... And we tape this. That's why the levels are so low. It's on a cassette tape. Um, uh-huh. I just came back. Getting from- out ahead of it, little guy. I appreciate that. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I just came back from the Charles Schultz uh, ice rink over in St. Paul, in the Highland neighborhood of St. Paul. Did a little skating over there tonight. I'm assuming you have some weird hockey stories slash high school stories so- to uh, regale us with about this ice arena. I'd never been there before. Kind of a gross place. Kind of dirty. So when I was... When- <laughs> When I, when I was coming up, yeah. um, the Charles Schultz rink was not around. It was only the lower rink there. Oh. They only had a single uh, sheet of ice. But I was in the Twin Cities last week. Little guy, as you know, and as you both discussed on the podcast, and I heard you both talking about where I was and what I was doing. I was out there on some beautiful ice in Lake Nokomis in South Minneapolis. But unfortunately, we did not qualify for the knockout stages, as ah. um, you would expect. And... Um, the jerk store ended two and two and we will be back yet again next year. Um, for thanks to multiple, uh, listeners of the slow ride podcast that came out and said, hello, that's uh, nice. which one was not my co-host. Um, the little guy, uh, <laughs> well, it, was, as, it was, it was good to be back up in the twin cities. I'll give everyone a peek behind, behind t- all Tim's ice times on Friday were, um, one was right when I dropped my child at school and the other one was, like 10 minutes before I'm supposed to pick them up from school. So super convenient. And then the next day, I think your one of your games was when I had to take my kid to a birthday party. Somehow mm-hmm. your schedule was like perfectly aligned with not working with my schedule in yeah. any possible and, way. And I had to wash my hair, so I was busy. Nice. Well, I do appreciate uh, you both uh, thinking of me. Um, it was a, it was, it was nice to, to take a little bit of a vacation, but I did miss you, um, both, uh, crazy times here. I do want to give a quick, um, shout out if any, um, I mean, well, okay. A block and a half from my house next week is the Olympic marathon trials. And as you both know, I have been running a lot lately. Um, I, unfortunately my eight and a half minute mile, um, average pace over (laughs) five miles is not good enough to qualify for the Olympic marathon trials where the, you know, the miles would be probably run, I don't know what, four and a half minute pace um, or so. Pretty excited to see all the folks coming out. All the bike brands are, or sorry, all the running brands are starting <laughs> to show up in the cities. They've all rented the cool hit places. Um, uh, the race will be broadcast live on NBC, I think on NBC. And then also it's going to be on the Peacock the old peacock. Um, unfortunately, it's a really lame course um, because I didn't know this. 
I didn't know this. Um, well, Spencer, I'm just, you know, I, you always crap on my city, but whatever. Um, it's beautiful. I city. will say this is that the, the beautiful part of Orlando, which is where I live, the historic districts all have brick, brick roads. And I don't uh, know if you knew this, but the Olympic marathon trials, they can't run on bricks because back when the original marathon was written, uh, run in ancient Greece, it was actually on freshly, um, paved asphalt. Uh-huh. Is when the the first marathon was run. So God forbid they run on on brick streets. Now that also for yeah. how much that athletes just disappoint me. The original ha- uh, the original marathon qualifying was supposed to happen at around noon, mm-hmm. but the athletes complained that it was going to be too hot, too hot. Now I will tell you, I don't know if you knew this, but the marathon is an event that it happens at the Olympics and the Olympics are in Paris this year mm-hmm. and it is the last event of the Olympics. And that would be in the middle of August. Um, I don't know what the temperature is in the middle of August in Paris, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be just a wee bit hotter mm. than the hottest on February 3rd in Orlando. But I will be out there. Um, take a look. I'll try my best to get on TV. Okay. Um, we know, so we know you everyone's will. watching. Um, I will say this. I don't know if anyone's ever watched a marathon live on television. I've watched the Boston marathon a few times. It's actually a lot of fun. Um, because unlike a bike race, it's only, it's done in two and a half hours. Um, it's not a three week stage race. It's just one day and then it's over and it's awesome. Oh, so it's like a classic. It's a classic. It's a a classic. Would you say it's a monument? It's definitely the race of all races in the U.S. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Boston's cool and everything, but it's, you know, the U.S. marathon trials, it's only Americans. It's very, very unique <laughs> race. Wait, so you're telling me Pidcock's not going to be there? No Pidcock. But no, let's get into Cyclocross. Yeah. Um, so anyways, take a look. I'll try to get on TV. I'm really excited about Orlando. Um, there's going to be some great scenes of the yeah. highway. Well, um, uh, hopefully the you know it is sad about the bricks. I did not know about that, but yeah. um, it's it's like, come ho- on. Hopefully, like, seriously? The, hopefully the Florida DOT can you know meet the standards of the Athens oh, DOT. You know, from, I, from I was just Greece. I was just walking home for the Orlando Magic game. They're out there paving roads, like right in front of the finish line. They're paving and they're painting the bike lane green. So when you see that really bright green bike lane at the finish line, it's all for um, show. It's it's all a hundred percent for show. <laughs> okay, um, good to know. And and I uh, I was walking home and there's like one little hill that's like five feet of elevation gain and they're definitely gonna that's where the attacks are gonna be. That's coming. gonna hurt. So I'll, yeah. I'm gonna try to okay. be there. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's all I right. mean, uh, marathon running seems a lot like the criterion of of running, which is funny because you always say it's a sprint, a marathon, not a sprint, but the most equivalent thing we have is just keeping that hard pace for long enough that you shed away all the competition and then you can out sprint them at the end. That's a criterium guys. Yeah. It's weird. That's a weird, we've done a weird reversal. Which one is wrong? Is running wrong or is cycling wrong? Well, is it criterium or is it a gravel race? Dang. That's deep. I don't know. (laughs) Excuse me. I, you guys blew my mind with that one little guy. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into uh, cross racing. I, w- I would highly encourage everybody to head over to CX Hairs um, to check out the, some of the photos that Bill has been taking 
um, in particular of the World Cups. So you had Hoogerhide um, this weekend. And did you, did either of you see the photo that Bill took of the off camber that Matthew Vanderpool so has mastered over the years at Hoogerhide? I did not oh, see this yeah. photo. No, I'm sorry. It is probably one of the best photos I've ever seen Bill take. I'm just going to say that out loud. Right. Um, it Like, basically, the off camber is a wall. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know it was that steep until you see the angle that Bill took that shot. And also, Bill's really good at taking photographs. Yeah. And I feel that Bill doesn't get enough credit for being very unique in his photographs. Because remember, he takes the photo a lot of times of the finish line of the finisher from behind. Yeah. So they're going into the, so you can see the, the mob of, of cameras yeah, and you can yeah. see the crowd. It's very cool. And then this off camber shot that he did today was definitely um, one of the coolest I've seen. Well, before we get, you know, listener emails um, complaining about it, Tim, this was, this was a video, not a photograph technically. So, it just yeah. uh, it was just a technical. I know. Just a very technicality I there. I saw the screen grab. How okay, that? that's that's fair. That's fair. See, different strokes for different folks. But yeah, Bill is uh, Bill is out there putting in the work, uh, getting just I mean consistently incredible imagery from bike racing uh, over at uh, CX Hairs on the on the gram, and uh, obviously. Following that up uh, with the audio versions on the Cyclocross Radio over here on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Indeed, I'd say consistency is something Bill's side of the Wide Angle Podium Network has mastered. We maybe haven't quite gotten there yet, but <laughs> one one day <laughs> we'll try. Did you? Did either of you watch the racing this weekend? With uh, I, Matthew Vanderpool taking the win over Joris Neuenhaus and Pim Ronhar at Hoogahide. No, or I didn't. Wout winning um, on Saturday. In sorry, that was Ben and Dorm. That was last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, about that. yeah. The Spanish one. No, I'm uh, I'm tapering for Worlds. So uh, <laughs> part of my tapers, I'm not. I'm not watching any uh-huh. bike races. It this was weekend. pretty pretty cool to see on the women's side. Uh, Voss uh, breaking the. Uh, the Dutch uh, stranglehold on women's professional cyclocross racing with a solid second place, one second behind Van Empel. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Anyways, Hoogerhide. I think Hoogerhide's probably my favorite of the World Cups. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, I don't know. If I don't know if it's my favorite, but I mean, it always has a good... The atmosphere is good. I don't know if I think the course yeah. is good, but I think the atmosphere... I think kind of what we said with Benador or whatever, uh, maybe not the greatest course, but because it has a million people and it, it, it promotes good racing. Wow. I think sometimes the course could be worse so, and you get better racing, you get more people together. So this was the last uh, World Cup race before the World Championships in the Czech Republic, Tabor. Um, any uh, predictions that we want to do? Talk about, I mean, it's v- Vanderpool's to lose, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean... It's, yeah, not much it's, to say. No, I mean, beyond beyond a disaster or... I mean, it's got to be a real disaster because look how close... He had he had trouble in Spain last week and mm-hmm. came back and was almost in for the win and had to have... You know, he had like an early mechanical. And then he had to run into that pole 
for it to really come undone. But if that had been Worlds, I feel like he would have still probably pulled it together and got on the podium. You know what I mean? Like, he came pretty close, but he kind of yeah. took his time. So yeah. I'm going to go with Stybar. Stybar is my man last race <laughs> as a pro uh, going on oh. style, you know? Um, no, there's no what real reason. What role will he be starting in? Do they give him a call-up just out of honor? I mean, if the UCI is... Uh, consistent with their inconsistencies. Yes, he should be moved up multiple rows. I think we saw that when we mm-hmm. were at mm-hmm. Worlds in the summer. Uh, you play to the fans, not to the, to fans. the rules that you yeah. yourself write. So yeah, Stybar should be on the front row. He should knock um, Vandahar off. I don't know where, if Vandahar's in the front row or the second row anymore, but should it's knock Vandahar off. Right? Maybe not. I don't know. You know, I mean, there's some like uh, some of them kids are coming up. You know. Like That's true. Him and, and yeah, and, and even how, and all those, you know, and like nice, like some of those dudes might be, I guess, I feel like there's been more f- uh, fluctuation in the front row in the last little bit. Cause I don't even know if Shweek's in the front row these days. He might not be. Yeah. I haven't been paying attention to that. Yeah. But, um, the, yeah, I don't see much to, change the predicted outcome of Vanderpool uh, being the runaway favorite. Um, I think the only chance, the only place he tends to falter is if it's really muddy or the conditions are really epic. Like they can just take away kind of that top end that he has over everyone else and a little bit level the playing field. But then the rest of the field will also need luck to be on their side as well as bad weather to to be a threat, you know? So we'll see. But Yeah, I think the women's I mean, side has more chance for a an actual oh, upset, yeah. despite the fact that we've had some serious dominance. On the women's side, um, there's just, I don't know, it feels like a little more... Uh, like there's actually a chance, but even that, maybe, maybe as I'm saying it, as I'm trying to delude myself into believing what I'm saying, <laughs> what am I doing? Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's true either. So, well, all right. Well, I mean, Cyclocross obviously it's getting us really excited, but at the end of the day, it's going to be <laughs> Fem Van Eppel with the win and Matthew Vanderpool, um, World Championships. But I think it's just going to be a repeat, repeat city. Well. You know, it should make you happy, though. It's anyone but Wout, uh, so that's always good <laughs> in your book. And um, I don't know if um, if Fem Van Impel's, uh got a fan group called the Femboys, that would be pretty cool, and I would like to be part of that because I'm pulling for her to win uh, Worlds as well. So I think those are pretty locked-in choices. Little guy going Steve Bar, a little out of left field there. But uh, the heart, pretty you gotta go with the heart, right? Last race at home, yeah, yeah, multiple losing money. I like losing money, I appreciate it. I like looking dumb. (laughs) (laughs) That much is clear, yeah. Um, so other uh news, little guy. Um, I know a few weeks ago, Spencer had told us about USA Cycling going hard on uh the membership fee Mm -hmm. and you you texted us this week that you have now been reached out to for with an aarp discount is that correct surprisingly (laughs) no um 
I think I mentioned this when Spencer got his that they've they've been sending me the hey you know you did a one day last year you're a new rider get in uh, we'll give you a deal to come on you know you should try racing more yeah which which kind of made sense because I've only taken out one days the last two years or so um, to race but they also just sent me and this is totally feels out of left field an email that said hey your international license has expired. Yeah, you should. I got this. You should as renew. Well. Okay, <coughs> this is bonkers. I mean, it my my last international license expired at the uh, on on December thirty first, twenty fifteen. Okay, um, I that was the last time I had you say. When is yours? That, yeah. I think yours was probably like twelve, probably tw- twelve 11? or thirteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably twelve, but yeah. I don't know. But I did get this email as well. I am curious what your offer was because I, I, it might be different than mine oh, actually. Um, I thought it was like 49 bucks or something. Well, maybe not for the international one. I don't know. That's, that seems they, really cheap. I should probably do that. Did they offer you any free gifts along with it? You know, I didn't read that closely. I was at work. I kind of just giggled and then I texted you guys. <laughs> no, what'd they you get? me a free hat. Ooh. A free hat. Well, wait, wait, wait. If I bought a two hundred dollar UCI license to yeah. get get destroyed in uh, UCI Elite Fields, is that uh, a and hat I was like, cap? It, you have a picture. Uh, mm, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't recall. Okay, I'm gonna say cap. Knowing USA Cycling, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty tennis good. coach style, you know. Wow, they're yeah, they're uh, scraping the barrel here. Oh, I mean, right. well, they're definitely. Uh, Scraping the barrel going after you guys and not me. I mean, I'll just let you know that I did <laughs> register for my first race in several years. Really? And granted, it's not a USA Cycling event. Okay, but, so uh, I don't know how well, they the know kids, about that yeah, unless they, they listen to the, the podcast. Kid, uh, but. The, ki- the kids have gotten a little bit older, so I'm starting to venture outside the house for non-work-related um, athletic events. I'm going to be doing the Dirty Pecan up in Tallahassee, Florida. Highly recommend everyone checks it out. I have, I did do it a few years back. It is on the beautiful red clay roads of Tallahassee, so it's not super gravel, but it's awesome dirt road racing. Hope everyone mm-hmm. uh, checks that out. So I'll be doing that. So USA Cycling should just be offering me a free license at this point to come back. Yeah. Um, so pretty excited about that. That is actually in a month. Now, what's beautiful about this race or event, you can register for any distance, and then halfway through the race, you can just take the turn to the shorter distance. So, like, I register for the 100 miles. Man, what but a when life. I see the when <laughs> I see the 80 great. mile. Okay, and Did then I they'll just the sort of miles. put you into the other group. Like you're, so, you'll get a result on. in the other. This is, uh, no, no, yeah, I'll be going no, the hundred miles, awesome. and then uh, I'll see the turn. It will say eighty mile route this way. I'll, yeah. I'll take that turn. So you, this is perfect because same finish. You line. you sign up for the biggest race that there is, right? Like yeah. I don't know what they have: two hundred, three hundred, eight hundred mile gravel race, whatever option they have. Yeah. You Easy. just sign up for the maximum one. You put it all over your social medias. You put it in your Instagram stories. Everyone's super impressed. And then when you get there, you just take the turn at the 40-mile loop, yeah. and you're good to go. Yeah, that's actually great. Yeah, oh, can't wait. I'm perfect storm. stoked for it. It's going to be amazing. So um, maybe people see me in early March out there for that. So, um, and then I? <laughs> I know, Spencer, you're busy racing. You've been on the old Zwift machine. How's that been going? Uh, pretty good. I wouldn't call it racing. Um, we had the rubber band on, 
but we did uh, we did the first official inaugural slow ride podcast club ride uh, last Thursday. We got another one set up for this coming Thursday. We're doing Thursdays at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, pretty fun. A lot of a uh, lot of fun uh, chatter back and forth in the, in the chat. A lot of waving. A um, lot of wondering where Peak Tim was. A lot of comparing to Peak Tim. Well, a lot of Peak uh, Tim didn't exist when the internet did. So a lot of speculation yes. about if Peak Tim would be off the front or off the back. A lot of uh-huh. some questions, honestly. Now, I don't know if I should bring this up. Some questions have piqued him was maybe a figment of imagination and not actually real. No. What do you want? You know? I don't know. There's a, you know, I'm just saying the people are demanding peak Tim. They want to know. So that's, I don't um, believe it. I think the only failure that I had, and this is of course my first uh, ride I've ever set up on Zwift and I don't know what I'm doing completely. Um, I really should have, set it up for the Champs-Élysées um, route so that we could all experience one lap of the Champs-Élysées just like Peak Tim could do. Oh, it's a no-brainer. I it could is. totally do it. I mean, you know, Peak Tim was easily 10 years ago at this point. So. <laughs> easily. Um, but yeah, very... it, it went really well. It was tons of fun. Uh, I'm glad people showed up. Uh, thanks to everyone that was on the inaugural ride and uh, we'll keep it going. And so are you on a Discord, or is it just chat? It's just the chat right now. I'm, I'm considering how deep into this I want to go. <laughs> we, we might set that up. Um, so while you were riding inside, I was riding outside. Um, it was a great experience. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, maybe one of these days I'll get on the old Zwift machine. Well, you got you to show, show everybody uh, what's what. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. If people demand it, we can do some races. We can do some, see, uh, get some official results. See who yeah. the first sixteenth place is and all that. And uh, if the UK corner has suggestions on times that so, make sense, let me know. So, I've got a question for you. Um, it is f- January. It's, uh, by the time this gets posted, it'll be very close to uh, the month of February, which means we're get we're coming up close to Umloop. Right, so the the classics are coming mm-hmm. around the mm-hmm. corner. Um, how excited are you for the first, um, you know, Umloop at the end of February? Are you? I mean, because right, Tour Down Under happened. I know uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later. We had our correspondent out there. You'd mentioned it last week. It's definitely AAA baseball at this point. It is spring training, but we have the UAE tour coming up in three weeks as the first world tour race of the year uh, made uh, me yawn. Or, you said it and it made me yawn. <laughs> I know. Like what, like, so is it really Umloop is when we get excited? Yeah. Yeah. I can't be excited before that. The, the, I, you know, I say this and, and there'll sorry. be some weird Spanish race. I go on and on about next week that I can't even remember right now. But. Certainly. Yeah. So the, so we still have one more month of the doldrums here. Cause I, and I apologize. The Australian races are on the world tour. But, I mean, the Australian and then the UAE don't really care about. And then it's Umloop. And then we get right away into Strada Bianchi, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, we're, we're all excited about. Paris Nice, Terreno, Terrain, Milan San Remo. We're super stoked on. So, little guy, what race this spring season are you most excited about? 
most excited about of all those races. Yeah. Uh, like uh, up until like, you know, uh, the Giro. Like in that first uh-huh. batch through May, the classics. Like what is the thing that gets you up, up, up in the morning to turn these <laughs> things on and find how you're going to be able to watch it? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we will see. Uh, I guess we. That's a, it's a whole thing because I don't have any streaming services to get me easily to these. So we'll see what gets me. I mean, I'm excited for Strada Bianchi. Um, I just was looking at. We haven't talked about how Pogue's doing the Giro and the Tour, and mm. so he's not yeah. doing Flanders again. But he is starting a little later at Strada, and I kind of, I was that kind of got me excited to read that today, like. Will he show up with that with that Pogue winning form, or will this be a build where we don't see him as prep? Yeah. you know, clearly in those uh, early races. So I don't know that Pogue has a non-winning form. You know, see, I that's what I'm. I I agree, and I think I'm like was wondering, are have they been able to dial him back a little bit so that he can do that double peak for two Grand Tours in a row? And yeah, I know, I agree, Spencer. Like. Can you send him to a few races where he's maybe just a teeny bit undercooked? But undercooked Pogue is still un- is yeah. still still delicious, right? Like it's fine. Still a Michelin you know? star meal, yeah. It's still yeah, it's still really good. It's four and a half stars, you know. I mean, it just might not be quite. You know, it might be missing a little bit of spice, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that'll be interesting. Well, I'm-, I'm I'm interested for that storyline. If nothing else, he's bringing us the double storyline, which someone has to do it every two years yeah. like just bring us the storyline so yeah uh that's Strata, nice strata is a, a great race and like I, this is gonna sound funny because i say it just kind of comes down to that final few k really like which is really exciting um but i th- i feel like i am most excited for milan san remo <laughs> <laughs> which famously now doesn't I, come uh, down to some <laughs> little moment at the end yeah good point yeah Spencer. yeah yeah i yeah, know um I am excited because I think this is the year that a real move happens. (laughs) We hold out hope every year. Yeah, yeah, Uh, I think this is the year because we've seen, we've seen the Morkov moves. We've seen the Vanderpool moves. We've seen um, all all these wins coming from like crazy descents and everything. And and there is a large, overwhelming part of the peloton that cannot uh pull off these um feats of strength at the at the very end and they're gonna have to find a better way to win a way to get some separation and that's from the scarponi bridge uh so the scarponi bridge is obviously between the Chapressa and the poggio it's uh about 30 30 k distance it's pretty far out yeah it's pretty far out but try to make the the go would bridge across to different groups. I would say that um Milan Remo, I I'm on the record as saying my favorite classic. But just looking at this calendar, I forgot when I was first getting into bike racing how much I loved the Ghent Valgum Dwarves Flanders run of mm. every other day. Right? Three races in the week. Mm-hmm. Because when you compare it to the Ardennes with Amstel, Flesh and Liège, it's yeah, cool, but not as like gritty as the the Ghent um, in the flight. <laughs> not as, the it's not classics. as gritty. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I agree, Tim. I I like it when there's a 
just too much racing and you just sort of <laughs> yeah it's just it's just non-stop um yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about it and i can't wait for season to come i've been a little disappointed in cyclocross this season uh maybe ca- call me a fair weather fan if you want um it's just you know i i'd like to see some some good racing it's been there but it, i feel like the, the the limited amount of races i've been watching have just um blown up right away save the women's races which for the most part have been um solid um but it, it's still like you know it's the vanderpool show the van empel show for the most part it's just i'm ready for uh road racing to come back and uh to get going in earnest and um with that let's get into this week's premlap um talk a little bit about that and before you know it we'll be back with the soul ride podcast email bag All right, guys, here we are in the pre-lap. Um, like last week, let's give a shout-out to all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more about our independent cycling media podcast network. Shout-out to um, Rob over at Criterium Nation for always being able to, to lend a helping hand, but also to help organize um, a point series for the Criterium calendar here in the u.s it's been pretty exciting to see this thing develop go over to the instagram that they've got at criterium nation so you can kind of see the start of this idea to take the 20 most important races in the u.s cycling domestically and start you know awarding out some points so you can see what teams are the best of the best throughout the year maybe something that usa cycling should do that's a way yeah it seems like a no-brainer but uh something they can't get together so kudos to them yeah, and that's a, one of our very own on the Wide Angle Podium Network. The aforementioned uh, Bill is over in uh, Belgium right now. Head over to uh, Cyclocross Radio to find out about what's happening in the world of cyclocross. And head over to CX Hairs on Instagram to see some great videos, including Bill was at some darts uh, yesterday. <laughs> The Dutch Masters uh, Darts Championship with Michael Van Gerning, Gerwing, MVG, the MVDP of darts. Um, okay. Look, look okay. like a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. So with that, let's get back to the show. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the coming out of the premlap, and with the Slow Ride Podcast email bag overflowing once again, let's give a massive shout out to Michael Turnbull, who is our correspondent on the ground in Australia, the tour down under. Not only was he seen in the background of the national telecast wearing his handmade <laughs> slow ride podcast shirt incredible um he was also out there just having a ton of fun and was able to open up a whole new bicycle side of bicycle racing for himself and in his email to us having a reason to chat with the riders and learn about them as people opened my eyes to the human side of racing 
rather than just the headlines and TV snippets you see on the nightly news or listen to you on your podcast. It was also cool sneaking into the press areas and having them think I was one of their own. The shirt was the perfect press camouflage, and as soon as the writers saw a podcast written on it, most were happy to speak, even, even if not always wanting to be recorded. <laughs> I made sure I got in official photos where I could, and you will see even if I got in the back of the national broadcast to advertise the pod. Very nice. And then please find the attached report, which we hope to put on both the Instagram and the pod when we can. But Michael, thank you so much. We'll get to him. They just came yeah. in just like under seconds. the wire to record this podcast. Yeah. But, oh, uh, man. Thanks. Thanks, Mick Turnbull from Aussie Corner, our very own correspondent. One of these days, someone is going to be the Slow Ride Podcast correspondent, and it's going to like just totally ruin this podcast, and we're going to lose all credibility that we've spent 10 years building. Um, wow. But Michael did not do that this time, which is great. We'll, we're saving that for us to do. I feel like when we got press passes for Worlds uh, in Richmond, <laughs> we really dropped the ball by not having T-shirts made that just said podcast really big across the front or something, because... I don't feel like people took us as seriously as they took, uh, as they took him in Australia, and maybe, maybe it's just a lower key event, obviously than Worlds or something. But uh, <laughs> mm. yeah, I mean, uh, he crushed it. He did a great job. So I wonder if if the difficulty to get the tour down under a press pass was as hard as the the paperwork, photography, of, and all the hoops. hoops yeah. all the hoops we had to jump through. <laughs> And you knew the gentleman that was doing it. We're trying to, cr- we're not trying to crack jokes, but the three of us are just busting each other's chops, like while sitting there, getting interviewed for our press passes. Like, oh, it's mm-hmm. a high. We're we're in an influential cycling podcast. You going to come to our live show? Um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, congrats to a Mick out in Aussie Corner. Can't wait to hear some of the reports. Um, next email comes to us from friend of the pod, Graham Partain. The rematch with Spencer crushing it in Zwiftland. I'm excited to hear him throw out the Shawamigan rematch challenge. Registration is open. Oh, let's get signed up before it sells out. Graham, this still let's sell go. out. <laughs> I'm ready to cut the sleeves right off this jersey. Let's go. So, <laughs> I'll do it. Um, Graham, Graham will be out there without the sleeves. Um, now, I am. If I'm gonna do do it i, th- I think we're, we're all responsible for our own start corrals now wait <laughs> is, this now, a sli- is this this what is this who is this a slight at i don't know well this i think is a, I, this is a know, super just, icky bump that he has he has connections I just, within the i, I, uh, I think i might I, I think i might grease some he, wheels he and i uh, get the yeah. i know a guy or two um and i think you know you just you guys sign up. You guys get placed where you get placed, and I'll get placed where I get placed, and uh, we see what happens. And we'll take the total time from when you cross the start tape to when you cross the end tape. <laughs> I'm I'm fine <laughs> with that, Tim. You can take whatever. I I don't know where they'd place me, being that I did one where I was supposed to have a good start and I missed it, and <laughs> one where I started from the back and had a lot of problems. So I don't know what what that should tell them. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll. I'm sure you'll be fine, little guy. It'll be good. Um, but anyways, great idea. Uh, um, yeah, I love it. And and we'll make sure to uh, to to be there. Um, all right. Next up, we have Derek Lewis emails us all the way from Chicago. 
The second city. Um, that makes sense. Caught this great video on YouTube. It landed all the hits on my city planning gripes so much that I just knew I should pause to look at the donor list. And it said, this video is so inside my philosophical bu bubble, I bet I know someone. And of course, there it is, looking in the credits, a patron, Spencer Howe. So yep. Spencer, what video is Derek talking about, and what did you donate to? Uh, I'm a... Uh, what is it called? A tram level, I believe. Yeah, you are. It's, on a, it's Patreon. Says, um, it says tram patrons. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a YouTube channel. I've talked about it before on the podcast, probably like a year or two ago. Um, called just uh, not just bikes, which is a, a fantastic YouTube channel that just sort of discusses transportation issues and uh, making cities more livable and walkable and enjoyable to be in. Um, with less cars. Um, yeah. it's super good. Uh, all the videos I think are, are highly recommended, but they've got a series, um, called strong towns that there's a book called strong towns, uh, strong towns about, uh, city planning that they break down in video form and do a really good job of that is a pretty good explainer and introduction to why streets designed the way they are are so bad and why they could be a lot better and more profitable for small businesses and the cities and the municipalities themselves. Really, really, really good stuff. Sounds boring. I'm describing it here and it sounds real boring. Yeah, you're, he, you're crushing it. He, he does a very good job of making it digestible and entertaining and yeah, well, it's got this polish of snark on it that is just... <laughs> perfection so I've i don't, seen think, a I don't think you'd videos. like snark i didn't it know sounds, that was your thing that's your thing it sounds like a newscast like just like all the facts and then all of a sudden every once in a while there's just it just turns the knife a little bit and it's like it's very satisfying so but i've seen a couple of these videos um they are pretty good seem yeah. awesome yeah uh, um I, yeah i send him a lot of money <laughs> so i i love the work he does nice well, that sounds good we got an email here sure. from shabab um, who writes us, you guys think Kogel's is going out of business. Now, what this was was a voicemail of a, a, a phone call to a bike shop okay. from Kogel's Bearings asking if they need any bearings or any help um, for anything. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I think first off, Shabab, Shahab, sorry. Um, apologies if I mispronounced the name. It's something I, I try to get correct. Um, is uh, is surprised that there's an outbound sales call for Bearings Company, which then leads me to the question of if you go to um, Kogel uh, Bearings, they do the oversized bearings. Mm -hmm. <coughs> mm -hmm. Are you guys uh, big oversized derailleur cage uh, people? Ceramic? I've no, I've no, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I don't even have teeth on most of my 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 pulleys, <laughs> so <laughs> so no. I know it's supposed to be faster, but I haven't gone there. They, yet. Do you think they look cool? The oversized um, cages. Uh. Oh, you're gonna put little guy in a weird spot with this. Well, what I was gonna say is, um, 
they look right on this on a certain sort of like aero bike blinged out kind of like modded look do i really like them i don't like them but at the same time they have a place where i'm kind of like that's kind of cool that you did that i see you're doing some like weird aero watt saving mods yeah you know you dipped your chain and a special wax and you put on bigger pulleys and you know what i mean like all that sort of whack i you don't have seals in your in your your bearings in your hub you're a you're a crazy person and i kind of appreciate i appreciate that well i don't really like it i appreciate it and the fact that they a lot of them are kind of like cnc machined like the yep um the the derailleur bits, the ex- aftermarket it's a, bits. I appreciate it's a very that. political answer, little guy. You're doing a great job. Uh, <laughs> They're I really both ugly and you, cool is what I'm saying. Yeah, I really expected you to be like, it's weird, almost handmade, anodized, CNC'd weirdness that looks weird, so I love it, but it's made to make you go faster, which doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me, so I don't love it. <laughs> and it's really expensive, so I also don't love it. Well, that's so true. You're right. I like what, what, them. Well, no, what I want to say one thing is I think that I, here's the thing I like about it though, kind of says Tim, uh, is that I'm glad yeah. there's still a few. They are too expensive, but there are still, despite bikes have gotten so much better. Like you can buy a pretty stock, like Durace equipped bike or like Red or whatever, and it's freaking fast. And it's yeah. going to be like so close to as perfect as a bike can be. And I still like that there's a few wacko, cr- extra crazy person bits you can do to make your bike silly like a few i feel like 15 years ago you could get a pretty nice bike but there's the weight weenie world still could go absolutely bonkers with stuff that was so expensive and so crazy light and you'd be afraid the bike would break but if you're a weirdo that lived by the mountains you could be that guy that had all the ax lightness stuff and now like the pretty specialized will sell you a stem that weighs as much as the ax lightness stem and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, it's like apples to apples at this point in a way. So anyway, so, I kind of like that there's some insanity still out there. <laughs> so little guy, how about this? Yeah. Let's play a little game. Play it. Okay. How much money do you think an oversized derailleur cage would be? So the, uh, what's, what's the it made pull, out of? The pulleys, what's this one made out of? Oh, uh, let's see. Let's. Um, I'm just gonna pick a random one here. Um, this is for the uh, Shimano Durace oversized cage. Um, very big. It's got a 12 tooth top pulley, 19th tooth bottom pulley. Uh, there's some ceramic in here. How much? How much money? I'd be willing to spend 457 dollars. I'm gonna save what three watts. I'm. Uh, are you kidding? Price per watt. I bet that's what it costs. Four hundred. Four hundred bucks. It's. I'm. So, I, you're. Ver, you're ridiculously close. That I. I'm shocked. <laughs> um. It's. It's actually four hundred seventy-five. Four hundred seventy-five dollars. Um, wow. Wow. That just seems like a lot. That's. What is the watt savings that they claim? Do they have a? Uh, I don't Today. know. I've never really gotten into. I've never okay. really got into the whole ceramic bearings or oversized pulley, because what's the other big company? Ceramic Speed, ceramic right? Speed, so yeah. like that, that like it's a thing. I get that. Um, I've just never, yeah. I'm still on rim brakes, so I've never. Yeah, I'm mean, <laughs> like, obviously same. I've never experienced uh, ceramic. That's not true. I had ceramic bearings in a bottom bracket once. I, they don't think that's the thing. So I had ceramic bearings in an outboard bottom bracket 
They were smooth, but you know what's smoother is the C record bottom bracket that's in the track bike I bought <laughs> almost 20 years ago that I have never opened up. And I can spin those cranks and it they'll just I I spun them a couple of weeks ago, they're probably still spinning in the basement right now. It's insane <laughs> how smooth that bottom bracket is. I've never had anything yeah. And I, you know, I've had like old Sun Tour stuff too that is just bonkers. Smooth. It is weird and how uh, Campagnolo, a small company in Italy, um, <laughs> was able to invent the perpetual motion machine and get no credit yeah. for it whatsoever. No credit, none whatsoever. No, I'll say this: uh, I put some. I don't. I just had some random MKS flat pedals on my like riding around town city bike. And a couple weeks ago, I put a pair of Suntour Superby track pedals on it because I finally got some cages. Um, and I put those on for a couple days before I had to put on boots because I'd had these pedals sitting around for years from a swap by. I got to say, it felt smoother. And I couldn't believe it. And I was just like, like the whole bike felt like nicer just with these super smooth pedals. So not ceramic. Like just buy old Suntour campy stuff. It's gonna be faster than ceramic stuff. Well, it won't be stiffer. It won't be lighter, probably. But so, little guy, you said the magic word: the bike swap. Isn't that oh. this weekend? So uh, there's a bike swap next weekend. Yeah, that's true. I've been. I have that to talk about. Next Saturday is the bike swap, and it's All not right. at the up by the former former Belgium site. It's in. It's in town. It's in town. So I can ride Ooh. to the swap oh. just like olden times. Yeah, there's gonna be that, a lot of people there, but yeah, it probably will be. And I, I don't have like a table or anything. I'm not doing any of that. So how I'm, are you getting in early? I'm, I mean, I'm not. I'm in with the scrum. I mean, the thing, the problem is, is Dude. I'm gonna go in and and Jeff Frain's gonna have already bought everything I want, and I have to go straight to Jeff's table and bargain for the crap he's got behind the table because that's where the stuff I want's gonna be. So, but I, you know. It is what it is. I haven't been with bikes off in a long time, so it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah, like a big bike. You, are, you already sound, you already sound rusty, All relegating right. yourself to not you, getting there when it. Yeah, like, yeah little guy, early. you're gonna have to resort to help, a heist of some help, kind. Like, help someone bring boxes in. Are you kidding? Like, like oh, you stand outside, Tim, like yeah, in the oh, parking lot. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. You're close, Tim, to what I was gonna suggest. I'm saying, get a big cardboard box, label it bike parts for swap. <laughs> And then Put he it outside hides the it? front door to the place the night before. Yeah, you are spending the night in this box. Oh, Someone's yeah. gonna wheel it in for uh, for yeah. you know trying to be nice in the morning. You know yeah. the volunteers. Diversionary and, uh, tactics. Yeah, you're gonna have to come out like a little trap door in the back. It's gonna yeah. be great. Yeah. The, <laughs> so the I'm sleeping horse, I'm s- uh, sleeping yeah. in a box with like I four hundred dollars of cash in my pocket. Yes, <laughs> and, and above four hundred dollars invested in the technology of this box to that's a good survive. Plan. That's in, a good. I, I already know there's a listener, a dozen or so in the Twin Cities that are going to have a table. Please email us at the slow ride podcast <laughs> at gmail dot com. Little guy will help you carry two trips. Two he will, he will give you two trips from his car, from your car to your table, back mm-hmm. to your car to the table, and then you will not see. Him again because he will then be helping other be people busy. unbox. <laughs> like, but we must get him in before the scrum, little guy. We need full photos. We need photos. If, if little guy, you do not pull this off to get in before the official start. I will. Hey, hey, that you may be kicked off the podcast if you okay. if you don't get into the um 
the scrum beforehand. Oh my goodness. You should, maybe you should email and see if there's like a VIP list or something you should be on as press as a, yes. as a celebrity figure. Um, you know, <laughs> something just try all the angles. Yeah. That's this a good the, plan. No, these this are is also your plans. Super Bowl. This is your Super Bowl. <laughs> And you're yeah. not going to, uh, I am so disappointed that you're like, I'm going to wait in line with everybody else at the door and go in and just <laughs> never. Yeah. Well, I haven't done that in a long time. A well, here's out? my plan. Um, I got to go back to my old school tactics. So for, for the first few years, I ever went to the big swap. This uh-huh. is what I did before we always had tables and I've gone tables with other folks. So, you, you know, the table you get in early, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing the other way because I'm back to that game. I'm at the end of the swap. I am there at the very end. Uh. People are putting things on (laughs) tables and they are like, I do not want to take this home. And Um, people are begging people to pay them $3, five bucks for some sort of thing that they wanted 25 for a couple hours. You got to go Iron Man, little guy. You got to go the whole time. You got to like, you you can't just four hours long. To your plan, though, little guy, is is the weird guy who's got three Suntour Superb uh, Pro pedal sets on the table. He's going to have sold the two good ones by the time the swap's ending. And there's going to be the one left that's like missing the dust cover and like yeah yeah spencer i'm so disappointed in the little guy right now from this just a not getting there before the ride and then just and then not even partaking in the oh i'm just gonna i want the leftovers (laughs) i want the scraps i i want what people don't want to bring what is this this who are you so unlike the little guy that we know and love on this podcast what has happened to us i have to believe that this is a long con, <laughs> that he has a table, that he has a way in, that he's already got it all dialed. It's been dialed yeah. for months, and he is trying to keep prices low and keep <laughs> uh, keep his competition like unaware of his moves. You know, he's playing 4D chess here. Is That's I true. think yeah, what yeah. has to be happening. Oh, you got me. So I, the truth is, at the end of the day, I don't know if I need anything really. I have this a, is the yeah a hundred percent. He's he's either delirious or he's he's playing a long con. This is for sure. I'm a little. Uh, this is the con- great Minnesota bike swap 2024 little guy. It's the second annual. Free mm-hmm. to shop and open to all, so you don't have to pay to get in, little guy. Yeah. What Bargin. is an what is an eight eight foot table? Do you know? I think they were thirty bucks initially. Maybe no, I don't know. What no, ha- half a 50? table's thirty. Half a table's oh, okay. thirty. Full table. I read the flyer 50. once. Yeah. Fifty bucks for a table. That's but I, that's the thing me. is I don't need anything and I don't have were, anything of value to sell. They <laughs> were forty me, my, at the big swap my, back in the day. So that no, fifty is wait, with inflation. Wait. That's fine. This is oh my goodness. Sure, wages haven't, haven't kept up with inflation, but the tables can. It's 50 bucks for an eight foot table space, but you have to bring your own table and chairs. Yeah. You got to bring your own stuff. I, yeah, I know you got to bring your own stuff to sell, but you got to bring your own table. Well, it's not, it's not where it used to be. It's in in the city. They're on to our game. It's a different locale. They've listened to this podcast. They're like, we need to keep the riffraff out. 60 spots available. All spots are expected to be sold out before. I mean, I'm sure I know. I think Jeff is putting this on, so yeah, this is yeah, going to be amazing. Sure Jeff That's is going to crush it. 
but man bike swap 50 buck table you got to bring your own table little guy you're you're out of the game before the the game even started I got a I got a folding table in the garage. Like we'll bring that. Like I'm ready to go anytime there's a swap. You guys, I got folding tables. Uh, we had pa- we had a past sponsor that gave me. I uh, got me a folding table from. Um, but I just I don't I don't have the um, I don't have it. You know, you're right. I'm you out of the, the game. Winning I mean, mentality. You don't yeah. have the, I, the, I don't. The I don't have mentality. We got an email here from Sean Carroll. Um, this email is the TDU is the perfect slow ride podcast stage race. Greetings, gents. As I am watching the final stage of the tour down under, I had an epiphany. The tour down under is the perfect stage race for the slow ride pod and us viewers. It is only a week, actually six days. <laughs> so no second or third week to force yourself to pay attention to no rest days to disrupt the flow of the race. Watching the stages live is in prime time. No getting up early or staying up too late to watch the stages. Spencer can even watch a live race during his evening trainer sessions. The race ends on Saturday night, so there's no more Monday morning tour hangover. Best of all, no time trial stage. Uh. The perfect (laughs) stage race, am I right, Sean? Guys, we need to discuss this. He might be right. You might have be. we have we not given it enough credit just due to its time timing on the calendar? I mean, it the is timing is horrible. Yeah, but it could be the perfect blueprint for the perfect race. It already is. <laughs> yeah, it's. But I think there's a lot of little Spanish races who nobody knows the name of that are already doing this. <laughs> right. Name one. Well, that's the problem. I mean. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, wait. I oh, never mind. I thought I could. Uh, the Volta. Do they do kangaroo or koala photo shoots ahead of them? No, <laughs> Mercia, Mercia. That's a good little little stage race. All right, all right. I'll give you that. Doesn't uh, doesn't help with the the watchability for the U.S. audience though. That's still going to be yeah. an early That's morning true. situation. So, I am uh, I'm all on board with this idea. It's I just, think Australia, Australia needs to step up the flex. Game. Yeah, they need to flex a little more muscle and get some some racing outside of the month of January. Uh, get those <laughs> World Tour riders to show up. I think uh, I think that could be the ticket. All right. Is, I'm trying yeah. to like my brain is backwards because Australia is upside down. So their fall season. Is uh, coming during the spring classics, right? So it's got to be October. It, like the big race should be in October. You think so? Well, there's not really much any racing happening in early October. I mean, it's easy to steamroll all those little Italian classics that nobody cares about. I'm yeah, not. I'm not. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not falling for this, guys. I'm not <laughs> taking the bet on this. I'm. I'm. I'm relaxed. <laughs> Tranquilo. Tranquilo. Okay. Uh, yeah, I Australia cycling. Let's let's see it. Get something on the calendar. Uh, I I feel like uh, this this listener is a hundred percent spot on. You also get well, behind it. Um, if you Sean, move it out of January. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. It's a good idea, Sean. Thank you uh, for sharing that one. Um, 
Gentlemen, it's been another fantastic episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. It's fun as always to see you. I want to thank all the listeners and supporters that uh, find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Um, also, email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. You are the fuel for our pod over the next couple of weeks as we wait for Umloop to start. <laughs> um, keep us going. Sidecross is here, but any type of advice, make sure you email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and with that, this is Tim in Orlando, and look for me live on television for the 2024 Olympic Marathon Trials that are happening just a block away from my house in beautiful downtown Orlando. Uh, it's Matt in the city beautiful, Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in the city beautiful, Holyoke, Massachusetts. Look for me live on Zwift on Thursday nights with 150 other of your best friends in the Slow Ride Podcast Zwift Club, reminding you... To always wave at all your fellow cyclists you'll see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Hello and welcome to Nordic Corner. This is your host, Nate Chenenko, in yet again cloudy, slushy Rochester, New York. Uh, reporting in this week with some news from the World Cup in Gomes, Switzerland, as well as some personal racing news from Vermont, where I was with my family over the weekend. Uh, but let's start with the World Cup, which was... Man, let's just start off with the worst part. So the best, my favorite... World Cup cross-country ski event is the mixed relay that they do. So this is mixed gender. They choose two men and two women. And the distances always change. And sometimes it's half classic and half skate like it was this week, sometimes not. But this week they did half classic, half skate. So it was a man did a classic leg and then a woman did a classic leg and then a man did a skate leg and then a woman did a skate leg. And at this point, like the Americans should be able to perform pretty well because we have two of the best women's skiers in the world, Jesse Diggins, who might be the best skier in the world right now on the women's side. And then we also have Rosie Brennan. Um, and then on the men's side, we're like not doing too bad. And what's interesting, and I'll get to a little bit more of this in the results later, is that the... Nor the Norwegian team is super strong on the men's side, but pretty weak on the women's side. And Sweden is the opposite. And the strongest Norwegian men are a lot stronger than our top men. And the strongest Swedish women are, at least at a lot of these distances, stronger or about as strong as our top women. But like we should have a shot at winning this whole thing, except for one problem, which is that our best athletes, Jesse Diggins and Rosie Brennan, just don't do the relays anymore. And I totally get why they don't do it. Like they're going for overall World Cups. They're trying to get World Cup wins. Jesse Diggins like kind of has the overall sort of sealed up. I'm not sure if it's locked in yet. Um, but like as a fan, I just don't care. I just want to see them racing. It's super upsetting. And I don't understand why like on the cycling side, does Mathieu Vanderpool really need to come bust himself on the cyclocross course all winter and risk injury and like hurting his back again? Shouldn't he just be like, 
riding the sunny roads of Mallorca or something. Yes, he absolutely should be. But he likes to race and he likes to put on a show. And we get that in cycling. And we don't get that in cross-country skiing because the Americans are too good to show up for the relays or too fancy to think that they need to show up for the relays. It's very frustrating as a fan. I don't get it as like a pretend analyst. I totally get it, but it's still, I'm mad about it. Um, we did the mixed relay. We finished, we didn't even finish the race. Somebody dropped out. I'm not even sure who, like by that point we were so far off the pace. We didn't, we fielded like the, just, oh, it's miserable. It's very, very upsetting. Um, however, the rest of the racing for the rest of the weekend was pretty awesome. The sprint races were on what looked like a amazing course where they went up a very, very steep climb and then down. And there were some nice crashes and crashes. Like, I don't really feel bad rewatching the crashes and ski races because it's very rare that somebody gets like really badly hurt in a crash. You know, it's snow, it's slippery, you slide a lot. Um, your body is fully covered with clothing, unlike when you crash on the road in a cycling race. And it's like pretty scary and people often go to the hospital or are pretty injured. Like in a ski race, at least all these all season this season, like I haven't really seen anybody get hurt in a crash, like badly hurt, maybe a little bruised up, but nothing too severe. So that was pretty entertaining. I uh, want to specifically talk about the 20K mass start, which was on Sunday, though this is a freestyle. So the whole weekend was freestyle, except for that relay, which I mentioned was like half classic and half free. So the women's 20K classic or the women's 20K freestyle skate race uh, on Sunday was awesome. Spoiler alert, Jesse Diggins ended up winning in like a bomber sprint against Frida Carlson, who is maybe the closest to an equal that she has right now on the women's side. Frida Carlson is Swedish and is in like top form and still not quite good enough to beat Jesse Diggins. Diggins like found like if it just, it was like she hit the nitrous button in Fast and the Furious, like just found another gear that nobody has seen from her, came across the finish line, did the signature Diggins collapse really like spectacular race, awesome course, huge climbs. Uh, another American, Sophia Laukley, who won a World Cup, the one that they race up that ridiculous mountain a few weeks ago at the end of the Tour de Ski. Sophia Laukley was fifth. Rosie Brennan was seventh. Uh, we started a fourth person who was a few minutes back, but she's also 18 years old and plays soccer on the varsity team at Stanford University and is somehow like one of the best skiers in the country. I don't understand how that's possible. But I want to talk about like the 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 country disparity here that we're seeing. So I've got the women's results pulled up. You got to dig around the FIS website for a while to find the results. Seems like they should make that easily accessible, but they do not. Um, so Jesse Diggins first, Frida Carlson from Sweden in second, Nadine Fendrick from Switzerland in third, Ebba Anderson also from Sweden in fourth. We talked about Lockley in fifth. You have to go down on the results list to number 12. 12th finisher, 22 seconds back, Margaret Bergenay from Norway to find the first Norwegian. Then you've got to go another two to get Tyrell Odnesveng, who just came back from like a season-long sort of struggle with health issues, COVID, flu. And then you got to go down to 24th to find the third Norwegian. The Americans have three women in the top seven. The Swedes have three women in the top 10. The Germans are have three women in the top 19. So like basically better Germany, 
Sweden, USA, and like honestly, almost even Switzerland are performing better on the women's side than Norway is. And I'm saying this specifically because I've gotten emails from the Norwegian contingent, which I'm sure are all sponsored by Visma, a small software company in Norway. I'm saying this specifically, like what is going on with your women's program? It is in shambles right now. You're supposed to be the best ski nation in the world. Like we're throwing it down. The Americans are ready for you. You're coming to North America in two weeks. Hopefully you survive the flight without getting sick. I think we're ready. I think, I think America can handle it. Um, on the men's side, like almost the opposite situation is true. So on the men's side, you get, of course, four, three out of the top four finishers, four out of the top six finishers are Norwegian. And you have to scroll all the way down the results past an American, Gus Schumacher in 14th, narrowly missing 16th place, past Jan Thomas Hansen, past Scott Patterson, American, 18th place, um, past Ivar Tildheim Anderson in 21st, down to 23rd to Gustav Berglund, who's 27.8 seconds off the lead in the Swedish men's team. Uh, Swedish men are a little bit better at sprinting than they are at the distance races. Uh, but like it, it just, I find it odd. Like this doesn't, you don't really see this so much in cycling. Like, the Dutch are just good at cycling. It doesn't matter what the gender is. This is like maybe a little bit more true in Belgium where the women's program appears to have been neglected in cycling for ages. And it was like Sonicant and then Lord knows who else was in there, but bunch of top men for a long time in Belgium. So it's a little bit more similar to that, but like, I guess my problem specifically is with Norway's women's program where after like some top, I mean, they, they had the best women in the world for years, like the entire time that I've been paying attention up until basically this season. And they won the world cup last year with Tiro Odnes Fang who won the overall world cup. So I realize like, this is a little bit of a, like a, like a fake straw man, but I would like to see some more competition out of Norway's women's team. Really, if you're going to call yourselves the best Nordic ski nation in the in the world, you got to got to turn this around. Um, okay, quick recap of racing that happened in Vermont over the weekend. On the other end of the racing spectrum, this was like the most grassroots event that I have ever participated in. They called it the Stratton Terrain Challenge. It was at Stratton, Vermont. They have a Nordic center. They have one of the top junior development programs at Stratton, the Stratton Mountain School, which has an elite team as well. And they put together the cyclocross of Nordic skiing with obstacles in the way. And you had to go through the woods. And there were some situations where you had to like grab onto a tree and spin around. And they put slalom ski gates in and a bunch of caution tape. And you had to go under a sawhorse at one point. And then they had a barrier made of hay bales that you had to stop and step over or climb over or jump over. And they had a bunch of jumps. Proud to say that I got absolutely annihilated by like probably a 16 year old kid from SMS. He ended up finishing second. He started behind me um, in the, it was an interval start. He started behind me. Kid got second place in the race. Also threw a 360 off of one of the jumps, landed it during the race. Meanwhile, I'm skiing around like an old man around all of the jumps. It was hilarious. I'm not sure if we'll go back because it was like kind of a sideshow. Uh, but I also have a friend that lives near Stratton. So that made it more fun. And then just yesterday, I signed up for a race. And after signing up, I, I don't know why I didn't do this in the reverse order, but it kind of worked out. You know, Bike Reg and Ski Reg are owned by the same outside magazine people. 
And so it works exactly the same way. Like it is literally the same website, just says ski reg instead of bike reg. And they've got the like view who's registered button. So I like an idiot registered and then I clicked view who's registered. And I saw that four other people were registered for this race. It was supposed to be a sprint race. So like, okay, well, we'll go. And if anybody's there, we'll race. And if not, then I'll just ski around. We were already in the area in Southwestern Vermont. So we show up and the parking lot is jammed and there's a bunch of people all standing around. And it turns out that the reason that there were only four people on the start list was because it was a collegiate race and all of them signed up like their team captains signed them all up. So this was like Cornell, Colby, Bates, Williams, you know, UVM's club team that I'm leaving out a million of them, Clarkson, the, a ton of these Northeastern private schools where Spencer's from were all in attendance at this race. And I am roughly double all of their ages. So I, I think I threw, I think I threw down pretty well. I qualified 49th out of 63 and then finished fourth out of six in my heat, beat a bunch of kids from Yale out sprinted some other guy at the end and like beat him at the lunge for the line. Just overall hilarious reminded me very much of collegiate cycling. It was like, vaguely disorganized they screwed up the timing at one point everything was delayed nobody had any idea what was going on they were like printing things out in size 8 font on tiny sheets of paper that were blowing away it was just like overall hilarious so i'm pretty sure i'm way over my allotted time for nordic corner this week this has been nate chenenko in rochester new york and we will talk to you next week There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.